recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the brand new Tuesday night show of WCWS Wrestling Revisited. We are in episode number one, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGiolmo from Raw Radio. and We are expecting a big crowd here tonight here as this is the debut of our brand new Tuesday night pre-WCWS Revolution show. This is Wrestling Revisited. As you said, I said, however, this is our debut show here tonight on Tuesday, November the 24th, 2015. The phone number right now is 1-724-444-7444, pound 139926, and the number one, you can talk to me right now. Of course, I am expecting a couple big guests joining me live here as part of our panel. However, we will be with you here each and every Tuesday night, however, giving you our old school take of wrestling, however, from the past, however. And tonight we got a doozy of a show for you, ladies and gentlemen. We are expecting also a couple more guests to fill in uh, during our time here for the next hour or so. Of course, Gerard T. King, N.W. Smith, who you can hear with Michelle Lynn Dodds, however, the Queen Diva herself, however, of WCWS Attitude Radio, of course, on Saturday nights from 9 to 11.30, however, and of course, also a member of the Raw Roundtable, however, on Raw Radio Monday afternoons. One of my sidekicks from 3 to 5 p.m. each and every Monday. And of course, we are also expecting, hopefully, Gregory the Diesel Kramer, however, from Philadelphia, and of course, Pro Wrestling Reviews on Facebook, ladies and gentlemen, in more ways than one. But tonight, however, we are going to uh, start the show off with a doozy of a show, ladies and gentlemen, in more ways than one. And we, of course, will be expecting, hopefully, those guys to fill in the time, however. And we also like to hear back from you here on WCWS Wrestling Revisited here on TalkShoe.com. Tonight's topic, ladies and gentlemen, of course, takes us back to the year 1983. And what happened in 1983 on this date, you ask why? The very first ever Starcade, ladies and gentlemen, called a flare for the gold, ladies and gentlemen, as it was held in Greensboro, North Carolina, 32 years ago this evening, ladies and gentlemen, in front of 16,000 people at the legendary Greensboro Coliseum, and it was quite an event that night in more ways than one. Of course, the show, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, took place, of course, in North Carolina, stemming from what had happened earlier a few years before that, ladies and gentlemen, however, as apparently Dusty Rhodes, the great American dream who we lost earlier this summer, sadly, however, due to a heart attack, however, at the age of 69, had come up with the idea, however, after uh, fighting his good friend and at one time someone. In fact, right now we got Gerard T. Smith on with us, ladies and gentlemen, my sidekick, uh, uh, bad guy himself. Here he is right now, ladies and gentlemen, and here he on, is. One second. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just hold on for one minute. Gerard's got something for you all to uh, listen to as we are ready to kickstart this brand new show, so please bear with us here. Show? Yeah, I just started it, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll, 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 we can do the music at the end of the show tonight, though. It's no big deal, however. Hey, uh, is Greg on? Or? No, Greg couldn't make it tonight, unfortunately. I was tell- I was about to say, our good friend Gregory Kramer, the Diesel, could not make it tonight, ladies and gentlemen, but he will try to make it on later on this evening, however, on Revolution Radio, which you can hear from 9 to 11. And ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you now, my sidekick, my partner, my tag team outsider, if you will, the bad guy himself, GTS, ladies and gentlemen, up there in beautiful Ontario, Gerard T. Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, just uh, hold on, uh, just got to 
phone back. Uh, I'm on. I got a phone from a different phone. So uh, you start talking about Starcade now. I'll phone back in a few minutes. All right. All right. No problem. We can do that. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Gerard T. Smith will be back with us in a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. He had some uh, uh, faulty connections, but he will be back with us, ladies and gentlemen, in just a few minutes to talk to us about Starcade. And, yes, folks, we are talking about Starcade. As we said, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, reason why Starcade started was due to the fact that Dusty Rhodes and Barry Windham back in the late 70s, early 80s, Howard had some great matches down in Florida, of course, and they used to fight at the legendary Tampa Stadium, which was at one time known as the Big Sombrero, if you will. And, of course, when they fought in Tampa, of course, they used to call the event the Tango in Tampa, if you will. As a result, however, Dusty Rhodes, of course, by the mid-'80s, showed up in the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Territory, of course, which was owned by James Crockett Jr., uh, shall we say, who owned the business, of course, from his father, the legendary Jim, Big Jim, Jim Crockett Sr., if you will, as well as his brother, David Crockett, who was at one time a part-time announcer for the National Wrestling Alliance. As a result, Jimmy Jr., of course, however, then got the idea, then following Dusty Rhodes' uh, creative mind, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, throw an event on the ages, and that event would be called Starcade. As a result, however, the big matches were going to be held there, and of course, for the next 17 years, from 1983 through 2000, ladies and gentlemen, they would have an event called Starcade, as it was the equivalent to WrestleMania, if you will, and of course, a lot of great moments and matches over the years, however, by legendary Hall of Fame past and present performers, however, performed there, some of them with us now, some of them, sadly, are uh, no longer with us, sad to say. Some of them are gone to that great big wrestling ring in the sky, so to speak. But uh, Dusty Rhodes was the one who came up with the idea of Starcade, and as a result, how him and Jim and Crockett Jr., if you will, gave the uh, Starcade event uh, its name, if you will. And, of course, the very first Starcade happened to be on Thanksgiving night, as we said, in the Greensboro Coliseum back in 1983. As a result, ladies and gentlemen, let us tell you what happened on that memorable night. Of course, uh, the event, of course, was uh, broadcasted by Jim Crockett Enterprises and had the commentators such as Bob Cottle, Gordon Sully, one of the true voices of uh, wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, Bob Cleary, a backstage interviewer, Tony Schiavone, a young Tony Schiavone, if you might all recall, however, that went on to bigger and better things, however, was a very young announcer at this time. Also, Dusty Rhodes was part of the show, however, as an interview person, and we had referees that included... The great Sonny Fargo, Stu Schwartz, Tommy Young, Gene Kaniski, a special guest referee, as well as Angelo King Kong Mosca. And when the matches were being announced over the PA system, however, in the Greensboro Coliseum, and of course for everyone to hear at home, however, who was calling the action, but none other than Greensboro's own Tom Miller, the great Tom Miller, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you say there were great announcers. However, there were great announcers back then at that time. I mean, you can put Howard Finkel up there. You can put Tom Miller up there. You can put Vern Gagne, of course, at one time an announcer. Mean Gene Okerlund, of course. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon, Gordon Soley, uh, Bob Cottle, uh, Good old JR, of course, Jim Ross. Uh, Dusty Rhodes at one time was a commentator, believe it or not. Bob Cottle, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Certainly all these guys are legendaries. But for the very first Starcade, Howard, there were a lot of guys here in the National Wrestling Alliance that made it happen. And, of course, uh, we will tell you on this show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, exactly bit by bit what happened on this memorable line. We will get Gerard T. Smith's take on this and his uh, overall opinion. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, let's give you out the number again, 1-724-444-7444, pound 139926, and the number one. You can talk to myself right now, Gerard T. Smith, the king, 
bad guy, if you will, will be joining us back here in a few minutes. And, of course, we hope to have had the big diesel himself, Gregory Kramer, on the show, but unfortunately he is not because he has a fire obligation, but we hope to have him back on next week, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, next week Gerard will be uh, giving us his wrestling revisited uh Pay-per-view. And of course, we'll be here each and every Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, giving you old-school wrestling and old-school matches from the past, as well as old-school TV shows of wrestling past and present, ladies and gentlemen. And we will spin it around for you and give you our thoughts and opinions each and every week, ladies and gentlemen, here on Wrestling Revisit. You can also log on to TalkShoe.com, how right now, and get a chance to listen to our brand-new show here tonight. Okay, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's tell you what happened here on Starcade 83. The very first match of the night, ladies and gentlemen, was the Assassins, number one, number two, better known as Jody Hamilton and the late great uh, Ray Fernandez, also known at one time in the World Wrestling Federation, now known as World Wrestling Entertainment as Hercules Hernandez, who tragically passed away, however, sadly, in the mid-90s, teamed up together with their manager, number one, Paul Jones, if you will, who, of course, at one time back in the mid-70s, teamed up with the great Ricky Steamboat, of course, took on the late great Rufus R. Freight Train Jones, if you will, and Bugsy McGraw in a tag team match. This match went 8 minutes and 10 seconds, and as a result, the end came, however, when McGraw slammed Hercules Hernandez, however, late in the match, but somehow Joey, Jody, excuse me, Jody Hamilton rolled up McGraw from behind and pinned him to win the match. Of course, uh, number one, of course, as we said, was Jody Hamilton. And why is Jody Hamilton... Uh, Brought up to our attention here, ladies and gentlemen, why, I'll tell you why. He is the father of former WCW referee Quick Nick Patrick, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, Quick Nick Patrick. His father, the great Jody Hamilton, of course, uh, competed in the very first Starcade, however, and as a result, he uh, defeated the team of Bugsy McGraw, uh, excuse me, not Bugsy McGraw, yes, Bugsy McGraw, sorry, I almost said the wrong name, Howard, not Bugsy McGraw, but I was right. Bugsy McGraw and, of course, the freight train, Rufus R. Jones. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, another tag team match was on Starcade, ladies and gentlemen, and it pitted the team of the late, great Johnny Weaver and Scott McGee taking on the team of a very young Kevin Sullivan and Mark Lewin, accompanied by manager Gary Hart. Gary Hart, of course, made one of two appearances here uh, in the National Wrestling Alliance, a.k.a. World Championship Wrestling, uh, during his career at this point, of course, he would be better known later in the 80s, of course, as mentioning guys such as uh, Gentleman Chris Adams, Gino Hernandez down there in Texas, and a little federation you all might recall best as World Class Championship Wrestling, a.k.a. WCCW. As a result, however, they took on... Uh, the team of, uh, like I said, Johnny Weaver and Scott McGee. And as a result, however, Kevin Sullivan and Mark Lewin were accompanied by Gary Hart. The end came, however, when apparently, however, late in the match, Lewin performed a knee drop on the top turnbuckle on Weaver's left arm as Hart and Sullivan held on to him. Lewin then pinned Weaver to win the match. Afterwards, Lewin and Sullivan continued to beat down, beat down McGee and lacerated his forehead with a foreign object. We're not sure what it was, however, provided by Hart. Angelo King Mosca tried to help McGee, but was also attacked and suffered a laceration as well. From there, ladies and gentlemen, we go into match number three, and it pitted two Hall of Famers that are now in the WWE Hall of Fame, shall we say, however. Carlos Colon and Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah the Butcher is still very much alive, as is Carlos Colon. Carlos Colon the father of legendary superstar uh, 
Carlito, if you will, formerly of the World Wrestling Entertainment brand, as well as his two nephews, Primo and Epico, or better known now as Diego and Fernando Los Matadores, taking on a guy who was back in the day considered one of the craziest and one of the most absolutely insane wrestlers in history, however, the great Abdul the Butcher, known as the Madman from the Sudan, if you will, who, of course, wrestled for the better part of almost half a century, if you will, however, and is still very much alive today, however, as he owns a Chinese restaurant rib joint down there in Atlanta, and I hear it's called Abby's House of Chinese Beef and Ribs, if you will. So if you're looking for a good place to eat, ladies and gentlemen, I've been hearing from people telling me this firsthand, however, that Abby's House of Beef and Chinese Restaurant is the best place to eat in Atlanta. So definitely uh, be sure to check it out. As a result, this match did not go very long, however, as it only went, however, four and a half minutes, and it came to an end when apparently Hugo Sanovich, Hugo Sanovich, former WWE Spanish team announcer, who at the time was the manager of Abdul the Butcher, and who, of course, would uh, not uh, stick around in the National Wrestling Alliance shortly after this, however, entered the ring and hit Cologne with an object. As a result, however, Abdullah bin Cologne shortly thereafter to win the matchup and give his man the victory. From there, we go to match number four, ladies and gentlemen. It was another tag team matchup, however, the third and last four hours. This time, it consisted of the team of Wahoo McDaniel and Mark Youngblood. Wahoo McDaniel, of course, the former New York Jet, Miami Dolphin, Denver Bronco football superstar, if you will, teaming up with Mark Youngblood, the brother of former National Wrestling Alliance team member Jay Youngblood, who would be teaming up later on in the night with uh, his partner, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat time, would take on the team of Dick Slater and Bob Orton Jr. Of course, Dick Slater and Bob Orton Jr. earlier in the year, however, had attacked Ric Flair, however, by performing a pile driver, dropping his head to the canvas, and collecting a bounty that apparently the National Wrestling Alliance champion at the time, however, Harley Race, had offered anyone to take out Ric Flair and giving him $25,000 in cash to have Ric Flair put out of wrestling. This, of course, stemmed from what had happened a few months ago, however, prior to this, however, in June of 83, when Race won the National Wrestling Alliance title from Ric Flair and began his seventh reign, if you will, however, as the world's champion. Of course, the incident occurred at the old Checker Dome Arena there in St. Louis, Missouri, and as a result, however, Ric Flair, thanks to a controversial decision that night, however, in Race's backyard, if you will, dropped the NWA World's title. But shortly after, Bob Orton and Dick Slater attacked Flair, however, and collected the bounty on Ric Flair, however. No sooner did Flair return, however, and announced, however, that he was about to retire, however, from the sport when he was attacked again. How, when this time, I should correct myself. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. He was not attacked this time. He did the attacking, more like it. As a result, he attacked Dirty Dick Slater and uh, Ace Cowboy... Uh, Bob Orton, if you will, with a baseball bat, however, and as a result, Howard told everyone he was back to do some damage, Howard, and this, of course, would set up the big main event later in the night, Howard, at Starcade between Race and Ric Flair. And speaking of Race and Ric Flair, ladies and gentlemen, I must point out one other thing here, and this is uh, actually, uh, I found this out while watching the history of Starcade DVD, ladies and gentlemen. Prior to this matchup, however, in Greensboro, a lot of promoters were actually bidding on this match to see who would get the billing and host the big match between these two, however, including uh, Vince McMahon Jr., a.k.a. Vinnie Mac himself of the World Wrestling Federation, or the WWF at the time, which was known as WWWF at the time, however, but then dropped an extra W after this and just made a World 
Wrestling Federation rather than Worldwide Wrestling Federation as it had been. The American Wrestling Association and Vern Gagne, I understand, were in town to bid on this match, as was Fritz Von Erich and World Class Championship Wrestling in also Eddie Graham of Florida, ladies and gentlemen, as well as Paul Bosch, I understand, however, in his territory and even some other territories were bidding for this match to see who would get the bid to host Starcade and the big matchup between Flair and Race. And as a result, in the end, Jim Crockett Jr. and Mid-Atlantic Enterprises, of course, won the bid outright, however, to host the big match between Race and Flair. And as a result, we'll tell you what happened there in just a little bit. As a result, however, in this matchup involving the tag team match, however, uh, we saw Bob Orn Jr. and Dirty Dick Slayer defeat Mark Youngblood and Wahoo McDaniel in 15 minutes. Of course, the end came, however, when apparently Orn performed a superplex, sending Youngblood back first into the canvas and then afterward pinning Youngblood to win the match. From there, Slater and Orn beat uh, Wahoo, of course, and attacked his left arm with a knee drop from the top turnbuckle. So once again, folks, the knee drop coming into play in the match here. And as a result, our Wahoo McDaniel had his uh, let's just say arm injured at the hands of Dirty Dick Slater and Ace Cowboy Orton. And another historical fact too, ladies and gentlemen, on both uh, Starcade and WrestleMania, I want to point out there are three people in this uh, particular show, however, that have competed both in the first Starcade and the very first WrestleMania, and they are Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper, and Ricky Steamboat. Yes, folks, these three gentlemen performed at the very first Starcade that night in 1983, and then two years later, in March of 1985, competed in the very first ever WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen, in Madison Square Garden. So, a little historical fact for you all out there in Radioland, in case you're curious. All right, our next match, ladies and gentlemen, was a title versus mask match. It pitted the Boogie Woogie Man himself, Jimmy Valiant, then known as Charlie Brown, the man from out of town, taking on the great Kabuki, who once again was managed by Gary Hart. The rules were simple in this matchup, however, that uh, Kabuki's NWA Television Championship was defended in the first 15 minutes and that Brown's mask was defended for the entire match. If, in fact, Brown lost the match, however, a.k.a. Valiant, he would have to unmask himself. However... Kabuki, if he lost the match, how inside 15 minutes, however, or before the 15 minutes was up, however, he would no longer be the champion. Well, needless to say, however, this match, however, came under 15 minutes, however, and as a result, Charlie Brown, the man from out of town, if you will, Jimmy Valiant himself, however, defeated the great Kabuki and became the new NWA television champion, ladies and gentlemen, as he apparently, however, pinned him with an elbow drop to the chest to win the match. Up next was one of the better matches of Star K, ladies and gentlemen. This is one of my favorite matches of all time. I have to say this is one of my top 20 matches of the favorites of all time, ladies and gentlemen. It pitted a dog collar match. And who was in the dog collar match, you ask? By two, by, by, you ask? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, it was none other than Hot Rod, Roddy Piper, and of course, uh, None other than Greg the Hammer Valentine. But a quick side note, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into that, the story about how Charlie Brown and Kabuki faced each other, however, mind you, was back in August of that year, Jimmy Valentine was forced to leave the Jim Crocker promotions after losing a loser leaves town match to Kabuki. Valentine then returned, however, wearing the mask to hide his identity. At the time, Kabuki and Hart speculated that Brown was Valentine and was given the opportunity to expose him in their title versus mask match. In the rematch, however, mind you, however, as we said, Kabuki defended his NWA TV title and Brown defended the mask. 
if Brown, a.k.a. Valiant, was revealed to be who he was, he would be suspended by the NWA for one year. As a result, however, that never came to fruition as Valiant never unmasked himself. But he would later on, down in Starcade history, would fight some other matches that were, well, not as good as this one, let's just say. And as far as uh, Abdul the Butcher and Carlos Colon goes, however, we know over the years they have had very many intense battles in Puerto Rico, however, from the World Wrestling Council, a.k.a. WWC. As a result, however, this was just a continuation of their feud with each other. Now, getting back to the uh, Piper-Valentine match for just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, the build-up for this, of course, started out in late April, however, when Valentine used the ring bell earlier in the year to attack Piper's left ear, and as a result, he lost the U.S. heavyweight title that Valentine eventually won, however, and also 75% of hearing in his left ear, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, his left ear. He lost almost every bit of his hearing except for a little bit in this matchup. And as a result, however, mind you, this would culminate in a dog collar match in more ways than one, where basically the combatants were forced to wear dog collar chains, however, basically strapped on them, however, and it was very intense to say the least. As a result, however, this was a very intense, bloody match, to say the least, but the U.S. title that Valentine had won from Piper earlier, many people thought would be on the line in this match. I even thought it was going to be defended that night. Unfortunately, that was not the case here, and as a result, the U.S. title was not on the line in this match, as we later found out, however, but as a result, Piper did get some retribution on Valentine on this night, however, by defeating him in 16 minutes, and as a result, defeating the Hammer in the process. Up next, of course, was our semi-main event, ladies and gentlemen, which was a great match also, ladies and gentlemen, pitting the team of Jay Youngblood and Ricky Steamboat, if you will. Of course, uh, this uh, actually was another interesting story how this came about, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, these uh, four guys were originally friends, however, mind you, of course. The Briscoes, of course, won the tag titles from, uh, mind you, however, on uh, June 18th from Steamboat and Youngblood. And as a result, however, this matchup would uh, culminate again at Starcade. As a result, however, a very special uh, ring inside forcer for this one was uh, Angelo King called Mosca. Despite being lacerated earlier in the evening, however, he came back out to be the special ringside enforcer, however, for this intense matchup, if you will. And as a result, however, mind you, the team of Steamboat and Youngblood defeated the Briscoe brothers, Jack and Jerry, inside of 13 and a half minutes, however, and became, once again, the NWA World's Tag Team Champions. Now, a quick side note about Steamboat, as we said, however, not only did he compete at the very first Star King WrestleMania, but also, ladies and gentlemen, he has been Tag Team Champion on five different occasions, once with Paul Jones, I understand, and I believe three or four times with his former... Uh, great friend and teammate, if you will, Jay Youngblood, who's sad to say, two years after this, sadly, we lost at the tender age of 30 years old due to kidney failure. So, this was kind of a very bittersweet uh, match to watch, to say the least. And as far as Jack and Jerry Briscoe, uh, Jack, as you know, at one time was the legendary NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. And, of course, he had defended the belt against guys like Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. and other legendary wrestlers. And, of course, 
uh, Jerry, of course, was once known as one of Vince McMahon's original stooges with uh, former WWF IC champion, the very first IC champion, I should say, the legendary Pat Patterson. Of course, both of these guys attended Oklahoma State, as you know, on wrestling scholarships and were very good wrestlers in their own way back in the day. And uh, very good individuals to talk to as well. In fact, right now, ladies and gentlemen, um, ladies and gentlemen, we understand guest four and guest five are logged on to the chat. Welcome, guest four, guest five. We'd like to hear from you, Heller. In fact, guest five says right now uh, he has revealed himself, Heller. It is Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw, mind you. Uh, Chad, uh, this is JD here. Uh, we're just talking about Starcade A3. If you can believe it, it's been 32 years ago tonight down in your neck of the woods there, North Carolina. However, just outside of uh, Greensboro, if you will, that the legendary Starcade A3 took place. I'm sure you might remember that night very, very well. And if you do, uh, we'd like to hear back uh, some feedback from you. If you could guess for, we'd like to also say, however, um, certainly uh, may the force be with you as well. And hopefully we'd like to hear you call in as well. Um, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, we are still waiting for our good friend Gerard T. Smith to get back on the line with us, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully he will be um, calling in here in just a few minutes as we are waiting. Word, uh, I know he's having some phone trouble, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. So hopefully we'll be hearing back from him shortly. Um, from there, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about the big main event now as we were talking about all night here. And we have been talking about all night on this show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the main event, of course, was for the NWA World's Heavyweight title. It was... Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, it was um, um, uh, it was Harley Race taking on Ric Flair. Of course, Gene Kaneski, uh, like I said, uh, being the special outside enforcer, if you will. And this was a very great match, however, in more ways than one. As a result, it went 24 minutes long. And in the end, Ric Flair became the two-time champion, however, by performing a body press off the top turnbuckle and pinning race to win the world's title for the second time in two years, ladies and gentlemen. So there you have it. A great match, nevertheless, however. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what happened on Star K3. And I believe we're going to be expecting a very special guest right now, ladies and gentlemen, here in just a few minutes. We're going to find out who it is. Guest four, if you're still with us, I know you are in the chat room. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, call into the show, however, mind you. Uh, hopefully we will... Uh, have you join us here in a few minutes as well, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So, again, the number is 1-724-444-7444, pound 139926, hashtag, and the number one. You can uh, talk to me right now. And, of course, we're going to have some guests join us here, hopefully, before the show is over here tonight and get your thoughts on Starcade 83. As for my thoughts, quickly, I just want to tell you, I thought it was a great show from top to bottom. I had a chance to watch some of these matches again. In fact, now we got from North Carolina the man who probably knows Starcade inside and out, ladies and gentlemen, the nature boy himself, none other than Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw. Chad, are you with us? Hello, Chad. Hey, bud, yeah. Um, I just now just now uh, got, on, got here a little while ago. I heard the situation. Yeah. Um, see if I can... If I can uh, uh, Okay, well, yeah, Gerard said he would be back. He said he would be with us. He just said he's having a little phone snafu trouble, and we were just going over all the matches and telling everyone the stories about the great Starcade uh, show of 1983, if you will, Flair for the Gold, as it's been called, as you know, and it was 32 years ago this evening, if you can believe it or not. I mean, I can't believe it's been 32 years as of tonight that Starcade actually took place. Yes, indeed. I'll tell you what, the... Uh... The uh, one thing I've got to talk about is um, is the uh, you know the 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 hype that that this that this event 
um, brought, and it was just absolutely, you know, un- unbelievable, incredible. I mean, it was, uh, you know, <clears throat> big for its time, of course. Um, I think kind of a prelude to what would happen, of course, what the WWF would bring, of course, with WrestleMania. Um, but but other than that, it was. Uh, uh, it was it was it was ahead of it was ahead of its time. I mean, it was it you know it definitely put uh, you know wrestling pay per views on the map. My personal opinion. It did, no question about it. I mean, is there one match in particular that you have, of all the matches would say is your favorite and one your least favorite? Mm-hmm. Well, I gotta tell you, all of them. Excuse me, I was eating a couple peanuts. Um, right. <laughs> mm. Is all right as well. That um, yeah, no problem. Uh, well, there was nothing really bad you could really say about about Starcade '83. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to it, little, little, looking back to a lot of the old matches and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you had to put one in the like, probably comparing to some of the other matches involved, uh, hmm. Oh gosh, I can't really say anything bad about it. To be honest with you, on my personal level, but yeah. I can give you. I I can tell you my my top two favorites. All right, three please, favorites. Please, top do. three favorites. Yes, number three would would definitely have to be the match for the tag team belts between the Briscoes and the team of Steamboat and Youngblood. I think you were just talking about yes. that prior to mm-hmm. coming on. Yes, of course, that was a pity that. Um, I believe I heard Ricky Simo say that I think Jay Youngblood Jay passed away. I think he was only 24 when he passed, I believe. Yeah, that was two years later, 1985. It's 24 or 25. I know he was a very young kid at the time, yes. Yeah, but still, he was still a tremendous uh, athlete, to say, to say the least. Uh, number three, like I said, had to be the tag team title match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Briscoe versus Steamboat Youngblood. Excellent match. Yep. Uh, the other one would have to be, yes, um, it would have to be the uh, dog collar match. Piper and Valentine. Uh, Piper Valentine. Yes, it was a non-title. Yes. Uh, took 16 minutes, but still, I mean, it was a. I believe it, you know Roddy Piper, you know, declared you know year many many years later. Yeah. Uh, even said on the Grants Wrestling uh, Stars of the 80s DVD that yeah. he's he lost some hearing in in that same year because it was because of. Yeah. Uh, it was because of, like I said, Valentine kept beating it up, beating, beating yeah. to death. He, well, he had done. He had lost seventy five percent of the hearing earlier in the year. However, however, and that's when Valentine had won the U.S. title from Piper. However, and of course, he said, uh, even he said on the Starcade DVD that night. However, I mean, Roddy wasn't known as a tough guy that night, but that night, however, I mean, we just potatoed each other like crazy. He said that, like you said, on the A's DVD, he said that on the Starcade DVD, and he even said Piper even said it on his own DVD. I mean, that was one of the most brutalest matches he ever had in his career, hands down. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Number one, obviously, was the one you just talked about, the title match between uh, Harley Race and Ric Flair. And I believe Harley Race kind of hinted that on the uh, um, on the Grass Wrestling Stars of the 80s DVD. Yes. That uh, he said his team was winding down and said who better to, to carry the ball and carry on and hold on to the championship a lot better than Ric Flair. So, I mean, yeah. so it was good, good props, uh, good props, uh by all means, you know that from from one former champion to another it was uh, uh, took about like I said twenty almost uh, twenty four minutes 
Yeah. But still, it was it was a it was a great it was a great uh, it was a great match nonetheless. I mean, like I said, I mean, of course, I kind of like what uh, Flair called it a flair for the gold. I mean, it was yes. it, it truly was that the state of the least. I mean, it was. Kind of that. It was yes, no. Absolutely. It was, no question about it. Of course, later on, of course, we would see what would happen. These two would rematch each other down the road, of course. In 1984, of course, Flair would lose the title to race in New Zealand, won it back two days later, of course, in Singapore, and then in a race did not win the title again shortly thereafter, however. But in May of 84, Kerry Von Erich won the title from Flair's tribute to his brother David, the very first uh, David Von Erich uh, show in Texas, as you know. And, of course, two or three weeks later, Flair won the title back from... Uh, David, or excuse me, not David, Kerry Von Erich in Japan. But uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, a quick side note, which was very interesting, Dusty made a challenge to Flair for the title, and this, of course, would lead to their $1 million title matchup the following year, however, in Starcade 84. So yes, certainly yes, a lot right. of uh, great things came out of that uh, show, as you know. Uh, like I said, I have to agree with you about all three, no question about it. And, of course, as we said, we had a lot of uh, old and uh Current wrestlers, however, who are no longer with us, some are still with us. Like well, um, one of them is uh, Dirty Dick Slater, Ace Cowboy Bob Orton, Abdul the Butcher, Carlos Colon, Harley Race, Ric Flair, uh, Ricky Steamboat. I mean, certainly this was quite a night, however. And what's so fun, weird about this, too, however, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is so weird, however. We had 16,000, as we said, in the costume, but also that night, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people had a tough time getting there. I remember hearing stories about this because there was a major snowstorm in that area that night. Yes, yes, it was. I do remember reading about this. Um, um, uh, we we around that that point in time down here, you know, in North Carolina, would would, would not uh, suffer like I said a, a huge storm like that at the time. But uh, uh, <clears throat> but uh, this, as a matter of fact, and all, uh, I had heard read something about that they had everything. Luckily, they had everything prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, for this event, even you know, even even you know, when it was called that it was that there might be some, like I said, some 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 you know, some bad weather, you know, coming coming into this. And uh, you know, what was interesting though that this was that how you know, and I hate to you know jump off jump off of this one particular uh, event, mm-hmm. but you know, well, what you would have to think about is how this has grown from a tradition like kind of like what they did with survivor series yes because uh, keep in mind because that's how it got started was on was on thanksgiving right and, and right and so you know how 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 this has grown for, this grew from a thanksgiving night event mm-hmm. to a to a to a pay-per-view and of course uh now the only difference here between starcade and survivor series obviously was starcade mm-hmm. uh you know they moved it from november to december mm-hmm. but uh, obviously, but still, I mean, what started out—I mean, what started out great as a Thanksgiving tradition, you know, was able to move on to a little bit better things. You know that you know wrestling, like pretty much about everywhere, uh, um, of course. But luckily, but it was kind of unique that Greensboro was 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 able to have it for like two for two or three years in a row before it moved on to other areas, to other uh, other areas. Yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, Baltimore, Atlanta. I mean, I'm sure Chicago, uh, even Chicago uh, Washington, 
Yep. Washington D.C. twice. So, I mean, yeah. Yes, yeah, Starcade actually originally, like I said, like you said, I mean, it began in Greensboro, and then by the mid to late '80s, it would just expand elsewhere. Like you mentioned, the other cities, of course, uh, Crockett's then in Atlantic back in the day. I mean, when it came to wrestling down south, I mean, you had your territories, obviously, and of course, the South was big. And I mean, you mentioned all the cities like Greensboro, Charlotte, Raleigh, uh, Winston-Salem, Asheville, Spartanburg, Columbia. I mean, Atlanta. I mean, West Palm Beach, Miami, Tampa, everywhere. I mean, that was big, very, very big. And like I said, at yes. that time, the Crockett's, of course, really wanted to make something big and hit a home run, and they certainly definitely hit a home run that night in more ways than one. And like I said, on a scale of 1 to 10, I already gave my rating. I gave this about almost an 8.5, almost a 9 out of 10. What would you give this one? I'd give it a full 10. Yeah. Yeah. I'd give it, I, I give it a full 10. I mean, I mean one, one, and one reason might be some people may think it's because Sure, it was, it was because, like I said, it's around your neck of the woods and all that. That's why you like it so much. I mean, I mean that might be uh, that might be kind of minuscule mm-hmm. to to the actual reasons. But I mean, my my personal opinion about Starcade Three, why, why I give it a ten is because what you have here is proof of real wrestling action. Yes, I mean, I mean, not this watered down stuff that you see today. No. No. Is what you have. Is what is what is what was what was you know what was referred to as real professional wrestling, you know back back in the day and all that when it was you know it didn't make a difference and all that if if any if you know if if someone got in your face and and and, and cussed in your face or uh, slapped you around or knocked you down or whatever. I mean, the thing about it is you know if that happened to you, you go back and you retaliate it. I mean, the thing is now with WWE now, for example, you can't do that. No, you can't. So, so, but back around this time, during this time and all that, that's why it was so popular. It's yes. because it was knock him out, drag him out, in your face. I mean, the thing is, I mean, we talked about it, like I said, with the Attitude Era of the WWF. I mean, that's why it was so cool was because it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you had you had the, all the action, you had all the violence, you had you had you had some very interesting at that point, some very interesting storylines there. Now. It's a lot. Like, it's, it's almost like as if they wrote down what you're going. You're going. You say, okay, tonight you're going to suck this man in the face. Today and tomorrow you're going. To, you're going to punch him in the stomach, and you're going to. And he's going to pin. Then he's going to pin you one, two, three. But see, it's scripted now. Mm-hmm. See, back then it wasn't. They just went right out at it and just boom. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, but 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 now it's just. So, but so that's why I really get because it, it was real action back then. It was oh real, yeah. Real, I mean, without a shadow of that, I mean, that's what said. You really want to sit down, and you know, in front of the TV, regardless of how old you are. I mean, like I said, even even the wrestling fans of today would appreciate something like this. You know, that happened thirty some years ago. Thirty thirty some years ago. Oh, I no. mean, they would say, "All right, this is this is what I really want to see." Exactly. No question. Said what's out there now? Yes. So there you go. Right. And like I said, and the thing was, I mean, you talk about how it was a tradition, and it was a tradition. I mean, back then, however, I mean, nothing had been, I mean, other wrestling events had been held on Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. And those were like your big three days, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas, because I can remember reading stories that they used to have Christmas shows in the, uh, down in your neck of the woods at the Greensboro Coliseum, down in the Omni. They used to sell tickets for well, whatever, like a buck fifty, a buck twenty-five. I mean, that was like uh, real cheap, not even cheap back then. It was like 
little money are. Now you're paying uh, an arm and a leg for big time seats uh, 30 plus years later. But that was the thing back then. I mean, you could see all these guys, Howard, and they could uh, wrestle almost two and a half, three hours a night. And the next night you could see them in another territory. Like, say, one night they're in Greensboro. The next night you can hop in the car and drive to, say, Asheville or Winston-Salem. Or maybe if you're down in, like I said, I'm just picking the territories around, but like other places, like down in South Carolina, Georgia, if you can go from, like, say, Columbia to, like, Myrtle Beach or Myrtle Beach to uh, possibly someone like like uh, Charleston, you know, you can have that advanced chart back in the day. That was the thing to do, and you can still do that. But like I said, you're not paying like a buck and a half or a buck and a quarter anymore for those seats. It would be nice, but at the same time, you're not going to get that anymore, which is unfortunate. Yes, it is. It is, but like I said, you know, at least I could, people who want to pay $10 to see all that stuff in the past, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But me, just like I said, if you're lucky enough to even grab a hold of any old videotapes of any old wrestling shows, I I found a handful myself, mm-hmm. and you know that's that that's that's what you that that's but that's what you want to do. I mean, the thing is, you could spend um, you know a little a, might, might be a tad more than what you would pay in a, a month on the network where you have like all that at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are not as fortunate to get that, you know, as some people are. And you see, me personally, I don't have it because, like I said. I have a vast, as I mentioned many times on on, on all of our shows here, yes. that I have a vast wrestling DVD collection. I have a vast wrestling video collection, mm-hmm. and I'm just like very fortunate. This in this, this odd places out of nowhere, find one or two old tapes that are still in good condition and all that. A little, a little bit blurry, but still playable and still good, great to watch. I mean, I can tell you one good example. Yeah. The one that I found here not too long ago, a long time ago, was Starcade 1990. Yes. And the original box, just like it was, um, you know, of course, the Pat O'Connor Immortal Tag Team Tournament, Luger and Hanson for the U.S. title. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me see. Oh, gosh. Well, um, I'm, uh, Ric Flair well, course, in the main event with the, uh, with, uh, the Stockmaster. Well, yeah, well, well, well. Star King ninety was the one where Sting took on the Black Scorpion. That's right. And, yes. And, 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 and it turned out to be Ric Flair. Yes. Turned out to be Ric Flair. Yes. And he, of course, a tag title match: uh, Barry Windham and Arn Anderson versus Doom. Yep. Street fight. Yep. Uh, uh, of course, Jim Ross and Paul E. Dangerson, or well, we would know him now as Paul Heyman, being yep. commentary. Yep. Uh, I mean, I mean, you have you would have like I said, I mean, it was like sixteen matches, and they went through. With a fine tooth comb, yep. I mean, it was just—it was just unbelievable. It was just a, it was incredible. Yes. I mean, I mean, but 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 the thing about—and I only pay like maybe two bucks for that tape. So oh, there I mean, you go. So there you go. So I mean, if you can find that in great shape like that and pop it in and watch it here sometime, I mean, take it back to like this old stuff. Hey, I said do that and and just and just enjoy. It. And like I said, if you get tired of looking at the new stuff. Yeah. Go back and look at a lot of the old stuff because, I mean, that's what wrestling really was. Exactly. And speaking of old stuff, let's ask you real quick. I mean, I know since you're near Greensboro and you probably tend to make shows near the Coliseum, what do you remember most? I mean, this is a pretty – I mean, uh, there's two guys, I mean, that I was always a fan of. Uh, one of them being Tommy Young, the referee, and the other – I mean, I started watching uh, even some of the old stuff of Tom Miller. What do you remember about those two guys? Uh, Tommy Young and who else was it? I'm sorry. Tom Miller, the ring announcer of the Coliseum because he was sort of like uh, the Howard Fingo of Greensboro. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, um uh, he uh, I remember Tom I remember the referee very very well. I remember Tommy Young very well. Mm-hmm. Um he was um uh, of course uh 
uh, was there for pretty much a lot of the NWA that would go and in, bleed into WCW hmm. um, uh, matchups, of course, a prelude to, of course, um, you know, Nick Patrick, for example. I mean, Nick Patrick uh, turned out to be pretty popular as well. Yes. Um, but uh, uh, as for the, uh, the announcer, I remember him very vaguely. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, he was a very, uh, a, a very, very unique. You know, calling a lot of the, calling a lot of that action. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, uh, um, you, you didn't have it better. Yeah. You just didn't really have well, it you didn't have it better with an announcing team either. Then I mean, yeah, you had. I mean, we talk about great announcing duos over the years, and I mentioned at the start of the show you had great announcers back in the day. Of course, the WWE had their uh, big announcers that day on their first WrestleMania, which was uh, the great Jesse Ventura and Grell Monsoon. But of course, the NWA had the one-two punch of the great Gordon Soley and Bob Cottle. Yes, the, without a shadow of doubt. Of course, uh, I remember. Uh, of course, Great American Match in 1990. He, uh, you know, Bob Caldwell called it alongside Jim Ross. I mean, that yes. was the memorable, that yes, was... the memorable Sting Ric Flair match from 1990, among other great matches there in 1990. Of course, that was one of Ric Flair's uh, times afterward. However, he took a break from the National Wrestling Alliance (WCW), if you will, went to the WWF for a few years, came back, of course, and then fought Big Van Vader. However, in a ten years later, oddly enough, ladies and gentlemen, after this, however, in a career versus title matchup, if you will, at that time, and of course, who was in the corner of uh, Vader but uh, Flair's old buddy and uh, rival from the very first Starcade, Harley Race. Yes, uh, of course that was a very memorable that that right there. Uh, I mentioned I saw uh, um, I, I saw there was a very 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 unique, very interesting there. Um, of course, uh, towards the end, I think Harley Race tried to get involved in the match, and mm-hmm. Sting actually delivered a, a, a stinger splash to uh, to uh, to uh, Harley Race, which was very interesting. All before Vader um, uh, yep. tried to get a cheap shot in, but Sting was just too blame smart. That was also the venue, if you remember, too. We had uh, two other guys that uh, would go on to bigger things, however, and that was uh, Dusty Rhodes, better known, or Dustin Rhodes, excuse me, better known as Goldust, taking on a man by the name of Steve Austin, who we all now know as Stone Cold Steve Austin, a two out of three falls affair for the U.S. title. Yes, I remember Remember that time, Dustin was known as the natural around that time. Yes, yes, he was. He had teamed up with guys like uh, Ricky Steamboat and others, and uh, this was before he went to the WWF and became the bizarre painted gold one we know now, and uh, who is now back in the wrestling form for the first time in several months, believe it or not, the last few nights, and has looked a lot younger. Then I mean he's he's up there in age. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's getting old, however, but I'll tell you what, how it looks like he's 15 years younger, and it looks like he hasn't lost a beat the last few nights from what I've seen in the ring. Yeah, I mean the the thing is, I I, I think in, in in talking about that, I one thing I wanted to mention, sure, that is that you know you see Goldust and Stardust perform, regardless if you like them, like them both, or like one of them, or you hate them both, or you hate one of them, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, you have to respect the fact and all that they come from a great wrestling lineage, a great wrestling family. Certainly, um, uh, and, and I'm sure they have come, and you have to admit that both of them have come. An extremely long way since, uh, since, since, since you know, since their dad passed away earlier this year, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that I'm sure their dad pulls a pulls, pulls up a front row seat up in heaven every single time that uh, that both his sons are are you know are are um, wrestling in are in the ring competing against somebody, and he's enjoying every he's got a big old smile on his face and he's enjoying every single minute of it. No question about it. He's also not only enjoying what his sons are doing, he's also enjoying what his other kids are doing, how his kids, by me, ladies and gentlemen, the NXT kids, how are 
that uh, he was a trainer of many years, however, the last few years, I should say, are. And I know this past year on NXT, however, and we've talked about it on our other shows, including Raw Radio, however, there's been some great people uh, who have fought some great matches. I mean, you have to go back to, like, Sasha and Bailey or Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. I mean, I know he's got a big, big old smile on his face without question. Oh, certainly. I mean, of course, uh, of course, like I said, you, you probably saw a little bit of Dusty in mm-hmm. every single bit of every single bit of those performances so, over the past few months since 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 since, since Dusty's passing. You've seen a little bit of Dusty in each and every one of them. There's no doubt about it because if it wasn't for Dusty, you wouldn't have those kids in, in there today. Mm-hmm. Not for something. No question about it. You got that right, yes. Well, with about 10 minutes to go, ladies and gentlemen, let's give you the number again, 1724-444-7444, pound one three nine nine two six. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jerry DiGiorno, here on Episode 1 of Wrestling Revisited. Of course, you can catch us out every Tuesday night. Of course, next week, we will have our two big men combo, Gerard T. Smith, hopefully with us, and the Diesel Gregory Kramer. Jed, I understand we've got some big uh, news on Revolution tonight, but before we do, however, I just want to give you a quick uh, report on the Raw ratings. They were not good again this week, 2.15 as they went to this week. So, again, Raw's suffering more, more disastrous ratings. Yeah, I heard about that earlier. That was – this is, this is once again, like I said, becoming a very common, a com, very common thing um, that's been – we, we talked about this, like I said. Of course, J.D., you mentioned it on Raw Radio many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I've, I've, we talked about it on Revolution and on Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I'm sure Gerard has talked about it on Attitude Radio. Uh, but but the thing is, it's, I, th- I think what's really, this keeps stemming back to what we've been talking about, and that is simply the fact is that when you're looking at something else that comes up, it's coming on the same time as Raw, it might seem to be more appealing. They're going to go to that and and, and leave Raw, you know, biting the dust. And the thing is, until stuff like Monday Night Football or anything else that might seem appealing is not being shown around the same time, mm-hmm. then, 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 then Raw is going to continue to suffer in that fashion. Yes, it is. No doubt about it. And tonight, of course, they are going to be in Indianapolis, of course, for SmackDown this week, of course, which will air Thursday night on Thanksgiving, as you know. Next week, they will be in my hometown of Pittsburgh, and then, of course, next Tuesday, they will be in Hershey in more ways. And speaking of Ron, I mean, I know it's kind of early to talk about it, and we'll be talking more about it on Raw Radio tonight. Of course, Gerard will be handling the news tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on Revolution Radio. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of Raw or a good bit of Raw last night? And if so, what was your take? Uh well I did go back and look at preview a couple of little things uh I really do think that that, that you know and I'm trying to remember I I think Roman was on there last night if I'm not mistaken yes uh yes you can really tell and I really saw I went back and saw pictures after Survivor Series was over with um I mean, there was a whole lot of them displayed obviously and what my personal take on is is pure and simple. Roman was absolutely teed off. And yes, he was. the thing is he he this was the second time mm-hmm. in recent memory, I think this year, I think both times this happened this year, the second time obviously yep. was Sunday, but first time it happened earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. But it was right around WrestleMania time, I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was. But he yes, but but this is the second time he has been screwed out of an opportunity to hold on to 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 hold on to the WWE World Heavyweight Title. Now, grant you, Sunday he did technically win it, mm-hmm. but the thing is, but the thing is, once again, 
a la Daniel Bryan from SummerSlam a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, Triple H, you know, just, just, you know. Put the screws in. You know, put the screws in. He just, um, apparently he was still over, over, probably peeved over the fact that Roman Reigns would not accept, you know, his uh, his offer to, you know, to be a butt kisser like Seth Rollins was and try to hand Roman the belt and all that good stuff mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff. So I mean, um, so so the thing is, Triple H said you you screw, and probably Triple H felt that Roman screwed him. Mm-hmm. But the, the but the but the bottom line here is, okay, he's pretty much Triple H simply just told him, hey, you screw with me, I screw with you. That's what happened. And bingo, I like to when I say Allah Daniel Bryan from SummerSlam, yeah, what happened there? Uh, Randy Orton cashed in the money in the bank, right, and won the belt. Yes. Okay. So go back now. Now, now fast forward. Uh, Survivor Series this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. Same scenario. Only this time it wasn't Randy Orton. It was Sheamus. So mm-hmm. it was the same blame thing. They're going back to some to some of the old methods. Yeah. And, and 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 I believe me and you have pretty much talked about this off off the air. Yes. And we pretty much both agree here that that it, it's about time you know for a little bit of a change mm-hmm. and you know who over is supposed to supposedly oversees raw and smackdown the paper definitely because pretty much what what is going on here is that mm-hmm. the fan not only are are the are, are, are the wrestlers being screwed mm-hmm. i mean he's screwing the he's screwing the, the wwe universe for crying out loud yeah. I mean, and other and, and and of course every and, and everyone that you know that tunes in and, and watches this every week that's probably, that may be another reason why right there why Raw is losing ratings. Exactly. Exactly. And Vince and Triple H and Stephanie are not even seeing the big picture. Exactly. So, I mean, all I mean, the fans are a lot smarter than they than they think that they are a lot smarter than you know than than they are in the first place. We know what we want to see, but apparently, the so-called authority is not seeing bringing it. it. Right, exactly. As, as Rock would say, bringing it. So, exactly. In a little bit detail on Revolution here tonight, we're going to talk about, like I said, the aftermath of Survivor Series. We're going to talk about all the matches of Survivor Series. We're going to talk about Raw, of course, the aftermath, like I just said. And also, with time allotted, we are going to, I mentioned this in our, in our, in our promo for the show tonight yes. uh, earlier, that we are bringing back the Wrestler Profile Series. We haven't done that in a long time. We're going to bring yes. it back tonight. And we're going to do it on RVD, Rob Van Dam. So I definitely look forward to that. I've been doing some reading on him myself, and I'll bring some interesting points of view. And, of course, if we have any time allotted, we'll probably do a, maybe a small handful of fancy matchups. So definitely and we also might have a Widow's Web uh, shoot, if you will. I mean, we understand possibly maybe that a certain spider might be coming in and uh, spewing some venom because I know she is ready to uh, cut loose. She said she's going to try to make it. I just talked to her before the show here tonight, and she says she's going to try to make it in for the show tonight as well. And uh, if she does, she's definitely going to have a handful of things to say, believe you me. Absolutely, absolutely, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, tune in tonight to that. Of course, Revolution is one three eight zero five five pound. That will start at nine o'clock from from nine to eleven uh, right here on Talkshow dot com. The phone number same here one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four to call D four Revolution one three eight zero five five and the pound. And of course, as always, the number one. All right. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Uh, Mr. WCW, Chad Hinshaw filling in uh, for me tonight. Of course, as we said, Gerard T. Smith had some phone issues. Hopefully, he'll be back with us next week. We'll also hopefully have the Diesel Gray Reclaimer. Next week, of course, we are going to have another uh, episode for you, ladies and gentlemen. And next week, Gerard will take us to his retro revisited, so it'll be his turn to be in the hot seat as he will give us his uh, wrestling revisited retro uh, rewind, if you will, let's just say. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, uh, we're just about out of time here. However, we want to thank Mr. WCW, Chad Hinshaw, squeezing in. I am your host, Jared Giovanni, the host of Raw Radio, The Iceman. If you will, you can catch me every Monday from 3 to 5 p.m. And, of course, from 7 to 9, also the coast of Indie Outlook with Ronda Rushbright and, of course, Captain Dave Spieler, ladies and gentlemen. That is, of course, on Monday nights as well. And, of course, you can join me the rest of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on Wolfpack Revolution. And, of course, uh, sometimes I squeak in as an extra caller just to talk to the gang of U.S. Attitude Radio. So, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, Chad said, it's going to be a great show tonight. We should have a lot to talk about. Of course, Gerard will be there with the news, and of course, he will be with me next week, along with hopefully the Diesel Gregory Kramer. So, for now, ladies and gentlemen, before we go, we just want to say real quick to everyone out there, please have a wonderful, safe, happy Thanksgiving week. Be careful out there if you're traveling out there, and we will be back again next Tuesday night, same time, ladies and gentlemen, or maybe something else. We don't know yet, but uh, whatever the case may be, we'll be back again a week from tonight, however, with another wrestling revisit. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Iceman saying so long, and we'll catch you again in the ring next Tuesday night. So long, everyone. Take care.